again with another stop motion movie we'll never stop motion <laughs> <laughs> i love stop motion it's so good it's like it's one of my favorite mediums mm -hmm. it's my favorite medium i almost called it a genre but that's not correct <laughs> a genre and medium <laughs> it's definitely my favorite medium well because people are always like my favorite genre is animation and it's like that's not a thing you stop that it stop there's different <laughs> oh god you stop that award shows uh award shows love to be like see this entirely cg movie live mm. action not animation it's like <laughs> what <laughs> what it's silly and it's for children this is a baby's movie Hello, hi, welcome to Monster Masquerade. I'm Faye. And I'm Mint. And today we're going to talk about Wendell and Wilde. I've been wanting to talk about this movie for a while. I'm surprised that you hadn't seen it until you did. It was one of those movies that was on my list of movies to watch with my boyfriend, and that list is very long, and we always end up playing Final Fantasy instead, <laughs> because we don't live together. I feel like when we live together, we'll probably watch a lot more stuff. But uh -huh. being long distance, we're just like, well, we could play Final Fantasy. <laughs> and that's what we do. <laughs> You're going to message me after you move in together. Like, oh, my God, I have 20 movies that we need to cover right now. <laughs> I've watched so many movies. Just me <laughs> forcing my poor boyfriend who doesn't like horror to watch mm -hmm. the most horrific movies. I feel like it's been so busy, too. Like, there's been so much that's come out recently that's really good. Mm -hmm. Like... Between movies and games, I'm overwhelmed. I am too. And I just I just watched Midsummer for the first time. Don't hate me, audience. I know I should have watched it forever ago. Oh, Let I me still just say <laughs> you gotta watch it. You gotta I can't stop thinking about it. It's so mm -hmm. good. And like I know it's a lot of people watch it and they're like, How is this horror? But it's absolutely horror. It's Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so good. I we gotta cover that. We gotta cover that movie sometime. I, I am honestly like very far behind on A24, especially because like I haven't seen Hereditary. A lot of it is like I hear so much about those movies and, and the general consensus is like, oh, yeah, like that fucked me up. Like you have to go into uh -huh. it with the right mindset. I will say I watched Midsummer in a group like there were like five of us. And I think other than the extremely graphic and weird sex scene, that was the best way to go about watching it. Because uh -huh. I couldn't sit there and get anxious. Like, I could yell at the screen and it'd be mm. like, fine. But not just sitting <laughs> in the dark by myself like, oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> so, definitely better to watch it that way. Speaking of A24, before we get into the actual episode, you sent me, they're making a background, Backrooms movie. Yeah, because you, you really like I love stuff the like liminal spaces, I love right? liminal spaces. If I could live in a liminal, no. If I could visit liminal spaces often, I would. I don't think I could live in a liminal space. I think I would go crazy. I do not know what a liminal space is. It's like a room mm. that's supposed to have a function, but... Well, it's like... It's kind of evolved. It's like... It's supposed to be like a transitional space. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of evolved into just like places that give you the same vibe. And I don't know how to explain it. Like an airport after midnight. Mm -hmm. Or like a Walmart at 2 a.m. <laughs> so you know, specific. or just like a parking garage that's been abandoned, like just mm -hmm. like where it feels like there could be something around the corner. Yeah, just that kind of mood. I really like. Um, speaking of off-topic stuff, I really like. Uh, there's a TikTok sound that's like, if you see someone who looks exactly yeah. like you, run. Yeah, and like the people are so creative with how they like use that same sound to create different little like scary stories and 
it's just always so neat like especially when they subvert those uh expectations like I saw mm-hmm. one. This is go- this is not going to be entertaining. I feel like because I'm describing <laughs> like a very visual thing, um, but it's like a person who's in bed and uh, the audio plays, and it's like if you see someone who looks like you, run, and uh, they hear a noise from outside their bedroom door that's open, and they look out, and then it like cuts back to them, and there's just like a face in the shadow behind them, and it's like that's good shit. I love that <laughs> horror TikTok is so good. Like so appara- apparently I was reading about the back rooms back rooms movie. It's so hard for me to say. Um mm-hmm. it's being directed by a 17-year-old. Huh. That's very interesting. Yeah, that'll be. Wait, I, I thought the 17-year-old was like the one who started the YouTube stuff. Like they Is it? they're actually I think I think they're hold on. Let me Google this again. <laughs> yeah, 17-year-old to direct a 24 movie during his summer vacation. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. I think that that'll be awesome. I was talking mm-hmm. about that at work and my coworker was like, I don't know. And I was like, I don't know. People will surprise you. Mm-hmm. Like 17 year olds are good at making stuff sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more surprised at like, you know, the people with money being like, yeah, okay. It must be good, right? Because they had to pitch mm-hmm. something. I'm very interested. Right. Yeah. There's, anyway, there's a lot of stuff out there. There's so much stuff happening. <laughs> we watched Megan. Oh my uh, god! This past weekend, and it was so good. It's I so already want to watch it again, and I I'm ready too. for the sequel. I do too. I told I told my boyfriend I was like, we have to watch this. You have to watch <laughs> this movie. It's available for rent, but I don't want to pay twenty five dollars to oh god to watch no. it at my computer. So maybe it'll be available like for cheaper. Or on a different streaming site here in a couple of weeks. Because, like, I've been thinking about that scene where I was like, that wasn't my intention, and yet it happened. It's so funny. I think it was, like, the most fun I've had at a movie theater yeah. in, like, forever. It, it was so fun. Like, And I, I was telling my boyfriend, I was like, you're laughing, and then you're, like, tense in uh-huh. the same, like, 15 minutes. Yeah, it's so good. But we're not talking about Megan today. No. But I could, but we're not. <laughs> we could, just from memory. Honestly. <laughs> no. I, I'm excited because I did a bunch of research for this one. Uh, more than I definitely did for uh, Coraline, which I think you took most <laughs> I of. I did, yeah. I love Coraline. I still think <laughs> I still think Coraline probably ranks higher than this for me. Just because, like, I mean, Coraline is one of my top three movies of all time. So it's mm-hmm. really hard to, to boot that out. But this was this was Henry Selick who directed the Nightmare Before Christmas. This was his second produced feature after Coraline. Um, did you know that he tried to get a movie made with Disney before this? And it, oh, really? Yeah, I have all kinds of information. If you're what happened, <laughs> I want to know. I love Henry Selick. I was I didn't know he was seventy. Yeah. He's 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 been in the game for a while, and he is like needs to start churning more movies out, please. <laughs> I need more. <laughs> um. So okay, I will start off. So Wendell and Wild is actually based off of an unpublished book that Henry Selick and Clay McLeod Chapman wrote together. Um, they tried to like an illustrated book, right, for kids. They tried to make the book, and it didn't work out. And then the screenplay based off of that unpublished book was adapted by Selick and Jordan Peele, who also serves as a producer. I love Jordan Peele. Yes. You can definitely, in, in addition to like starring in this, uh, you can feel his influence, even though like this was being produced way before, you know, like Get Out and mm-hmm. uh, Us and Nope. It just has like, you can tell. You can tell it has a little bit of him. It's so good. But yeah, following Coraline, which came out in 2009, right? Henry Selleck had signed a deal with Disney to produce a movie called The Shadow King. It was about a like teenage boy who had really long fingers. And (laughs) (laughs) and the idea was that the shadow puppets that he made came to life. So that's why he had long, long fingers. It's like so he could have these like really complex oh. shadow puppets. That feels like Neil Gaiman stuff. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like, um, 
and they had made some progress on it. Like they they announced it pretty quickly after Coraline because they were like, hell yeah, this is really exciting. And there's actually, I think there's some like test footage and like all kinds of stuff um, that's never been like officially released. But Disney dropped it in 2013 because it failed to get funding, essentially. That's so sad. Yeah, part of that, it was theorized, was because that a number of stop motion movies had come out in 2012. So there was oh. the Pirates one, which I think has David Tennant in it, if I'm remembering I correct. Uh, Paranorman came out in 2012, and Frankenweenie, which was also produced by Disney and uh, had Tim Burton involved. Fun quick tangent about that. Uh, Tim Burton actually wrote the plot for Frankenweenie twice and completely forgot about it because the first time they did it, he was just like so out of his mind on drugs that like it slipped. And so when they went to make the stop motion movie, he was like, oh, I didn't know it. Yeah, there's like a live action Frankenweenie that was produced by Disney. Tim Burton is something else. He's something else. He's kind of a weird, like, I say weirdo, like, obviously that's his brand, right? But there's something that's, like, kind of icky. Something gives me the ick about him, yeah. Like, saying that, like, oh, black people don't fit the aesthetic of my movies, like... He said that? Yeah, essentially. Ew! So that's pretty gross. Stan Henry Selleck over Tim Burton. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I hate one of my least favorite things. I might have mentioned this in the Coraline thing, but whenever people are like, "Oh, Tim Burton's Coraline," I'm like, "No, no, <laughs> not involved." <laughs> it makes me so mad for some reason. Has nothing to do with it. Um, but yeah, all three of those movies came out in 2012, and they didn't make a ton of money back. Um, and so I think having seen that, Disney executives were like, "Well, oh, I don't know. We're already spending like." $50,000 on this Henry Selleck project, like, should we keep going? I found a really interesting uh, article about, like, the production of The Shadow King and stuff. Uh, and it's really sad. It's really sad because, like, it looks interesting and, like, it sounds really cool. And yeah, it just, like, see that. never got picked up. Um, and so, like, pretty soon after they dropped that, Uh, He started working on his next project because, you know, these things take time. So he was like, I have to start working on something or else like who knows when I'll have another movie. And so he started working on Wendell and Wilde in 2015. Oh, dang. That's been a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Henry Selick is also like a huge fan of Key and Peele. Amazing. (laughs) Like he loves them. He saw them on TV. He said his son had shown him like their show. And he, like, absolutely loved it. So he approached Jordan Peele, again, like, way before Jordan Peele had even, like, gotten into producing horror stuff his own. And was like, hey, I would love to have you guys, like, attached to this movie. Here's this idea. And they started uh, working on the pre-production until it got, like, picked up by Netflix in 2018. Netflix doing something right for once. (laughs) (laughs) and uh and jordan peele is also like a huge fan of henry selick like he loves nightmare before christmas and Coraline, and so like watching interviews of the two of them like complimenting each other is very wholesome and then (laughs) and then you had keegan michael key who was like yeah i would watch them just like talk to each other and it's like these are the same person i like the idea he just like watching them like cute Yeah, and he, uh, I read an article that was like, he wanted to make a movie that was essentially like demon versions of his sons. And I don't know if that was accurate or if it was just, you know. Yeah. But yeah, he wanted to make a movie about these two like brothers who were like silly little demons. And he was like, yeah, these guys are the perfect fit. And then they started, I don't think they started recording like, voice lines until 2019 and obviously there was like a delay due to covid uh the studio that actually like did the stop motion for wendell and wild also had to deal with um a studio fire that had like set them back a really long time and so like this was really like their chance to come back from a very unfortunate event and how far in were they when they had a studio fire? It was it was animated in Oregon. So they, this, the first year of production, they had COVID. And then in 2021, when all those like 
forest fires were happening, that's when they they lost a lot of production, I think. That's so sad. Mm-hmm. So they said that the smoke was like, the smoke and fire got really, really close to the uh, studio and they essentially had to like evacuate all the puppets, they said, um, in order to like make sure they weren't starting over from scratch. So yeah, there's been, it's been a very long road to get Wendell and Wilde produced. I'm glad they did, though. Yeah. So I feel like it didn't get hyped up enough. And there were people were like excited about it, and then I feel like we didn't hear a whole lot until it was like, oh, the movie's out, by the way. Yeah, it was really weird. Mm-hmm. Would you like to know some some fun uh, facts about the the concept designs for Wendell you and Wilde? Know it. You know it. So uh, Wendell and Wilde are the two demons. They look very identical to <laughs> Keegan-Michael Key and uh, Jordan Peele. Uh, really that's because cute. their designs were done by an illustrator named Pablo Lobato. And he essentially did like caricatures of them. And they took those designs and used it for Wendell and Wilde. That's so cute. Yeah, it's really cool. Like I, I got to look at some of the... Um, the actual like art, like the caricatures. And then I read that like they wanted to keep those 2D elements in hell. So if you're watching, <laughs> that was a that was a wild sentence that I just <laughs> <laughs> they keep those 2D elements in hell. In hell. <laughs> but you'll notice as you're watching it, like there is a slightly more abstract, like 2D like art style when they're in hell, when they're in the mm-hmm. other world with all the characters and stuff. And then when they get to the living world, uh, they're more traditionally like 3D. So they had to also like translate, okay, what does this 2D like flattened feature look like when we make it 3D? Um, And so like they had a ton of different models for uh, the characters that were in hell in the living world. That's really fun. I think it's really cool. Wendell and Wilde is only the second ever PG-13 stop-motion movie. Uh, the first one was uh, Isle of Dogs, which is the mm. Wes Anderson Isle movie. Isle of Dogs is PG-13? It is. I just watched that like three times in a row the other night. Why is it PG-13? I feel like language, probably. Oh, yeah. They do curse a bit. I think I curse so much that I just forget that you're not supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> So, huh. yeah, it's interesting. But I can definitely see this one being rated PG-13, like for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, it definitely like has some more mature themes in addition to just like the the content itself, you know. Yeah. Being, like kind of dark and what what is the, I guess just <laughs> demonic. It feels very silly saying that because I always feel like. Demonic. Yeah, I feel like yeah, this is my middle school OC. They're half angel and half devil. <laughs> yeah, the the plot of the movie reflects like some of these more mature uh, design elements, and it deals with stuff like private prison systems. It deals with grief and trauma, and uh, this, this, the systemic failures uh, for kids in the foster care system. Um, I think that's really. That's really cool. I had read a lot of stuff from Jordan Peele that was talking about um, how important it was for him to like depict uh, grief from the perspective of a uh, black kid. He was like, yeah. you don't see that. So like it was something that like he wanted to do and he wanted to do right. Um, they did a really good job too tackling those themes like survivor's guilt mm. and like the prison system and like and but also making it still like kid friendly but they they didn't they did my favorite thing like they they assumed the audience could figure it out which made it so good yeah it's really good this that's a lot of the the like pre-production notes that i have i have some more stuff that we can like kind of touch on oh i also want to say before we get into it that this this movie also has a uh trans character yeah they did a good job because I feel like a lot of movies will be like, this is a trans character. Here's how awful their life is. Here's yeah. how much they're struggling. 
and we're going to make a bunch of really weird jokes because we've never spoken to a trans person. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that, that is the, the unfortunate, like, trope with most most stuff trying to be inclusive of trans characters is that, like, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, it is about, like, trauma related to their identity, um, which we don't really get here from, from Raul, who is played by uh, an actual, like, trans actor, which is yeah. really cool. It's very cool. I looked that up like immediately, like, <laughs> like on my little phone. Like, yeah, oh, it's so good. The music is also good too. Mm-hmm. I would like to point out that um, they found like a bunch of black punk music. Yeah, put it in the movie, and it's so good. Like, I there's so many artists that I discovered that I'd never heard of mm-hmm. that I like instantly have added to my like playlist. Uh-huh. I thought that was really cool. They included it in like the shirts. The music, like the music she plays on the boombox when she walks through the school, it's mm-hmm. very cool. Yeah, one of the bands that's featured like pretty heavily throughout the movie is uh, Fishbones. Yeah. And Henry Selick uh, directed a music video for Fishbone called Party at Ground Zero in 1985. Uh, and so he wanted to have, he wanted to feature them a lot. Because uh, that was really also cool. something that him and Jordan Peele talked about is like having a lot of Afropunk um, elements yeah. involved. So yeah, most of the music is either like made up of Afropunk or majority like uh, leading people of color. It's cool. It's very cool. Now into the meat of the movie. Into the movie. Into the movie. <laughs> the, the movie follows Cat... Uh, who is an orphan whose parents die at the beginning of the movie. They run a brewery. Um, it's like the big factory in town, essentially. Like, everybody knows them. They're an integral part of the community, and they're, like, the the largest factor in keeping Clax uh, Corp from privatizing and, and turning the town into, like, a giant uh, prison industrial complex. Um but I didn't realize I didn't realize until I was doing my research that it's a root beer brewery. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that at the end. I noticed that at the end, <laughs> like they mentioned, like like I saw a thing and it said root beer, and I was like, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> root beer. Because they because in the beginning he's like on a phone call and he's like I'm not selling the brewery, and so I was like, yeah, okay, they're making beer, like that's fine. Um, but I guess if it's a kids movie, it makes sense to. They're making root beer. <laughs> It's like it's like when they uh, turn beer into like apple juice or whatever in anime. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> They're driving home after a party on a rainy day, and Cat bites into an apple and sees like a little demon wormy and screams, and they accidentally drive off the side of a bridge. Um, it's so sad. It's very sad. I really like the parents in this movie. They're like. <laughs> so good they're so caring and so cool (laughs) yeah i love that i was i knew something bad was gonna happen but i was like man Mm -hmm. so sad so fast so sad so fast yeah and and as a result of their passing cat is essentially moved from um we see this later in flashbacks but she's moved from foster system to foster system and eventually put into like alternative schools and she just has she has it rough we we get the the sense that like she was probably picked on by other kids and uh like the adults didn't do a whole lot to help her so like as a result she had to like become very tough and self-sufficient it's so sad Mm -hmm. because she's just She's going through trauma. She's got, like, I mentioned, like, survivor's guilt. Mm-hmm. She has PTSD. And it's so sad. And she's got weird demon stuff going on, too. Yeah. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just be a whole... I don't... I don't want to deal with one of those, like, let alone both. It no. seems like a lot. She goes to this school that's in her town, her old town. So she has to go back. Yeah. She's uh, she's going to to the school that is like a it's like a boarding school kind of it's, yeah like a Catholic girls school yeah um, that recently launched like a second chance 
uh, program for troubled youth, I think is what they say. Mm-hmm. And so Kat has to, like, get used to a new school and also, like, while dealing with the fact that she is, like, in this in the place where her parents died, um, they, like, drive down that same bridge and she starts to have a panic attack. And so you can tell she's going through a lot. It's so sad, this, that scene. I know I keep saying it's so sad, but that scene makes me sad. <laughs> it is. It's, it's, really, it's really sad. And the lady who's driving her was really nice. Yeah, I like her. She, she was funny. I think she was, like, friends of her parents. Um, mm-hmm. And she was like, you better, you better make it. I bet my mom's fry bread recipe on yeah. you succeeding. <laughs> yeah, it was really cute. And then she meets the girls in the school. And they're, you know, I was pleasantly surprised by this scene because they're not, like, mean girls. Like, they could have easily been, like, a clicky, like, mean girl group, but they're just, like, uninformed girls. They are preppy. They are preppy Yeah, they're for preppy, sure. preppy and uninformed, like, ill-informed, but they're not, like, mean mean. No, they're just, like, they're very... I don't know what the like yuppies, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like kind of hippies. They better too. Mm-hmm. Like they just want everybody to be like them. And they yes. think that's like the best way for things to be. But they're not like, not in a mean way. They're, I thought it was very refreshing because a lot of these movies like, are like, look at the pretty girls. They're bad. And yeah. <laughs> I hate that trope. The way I kind of saw it is that like they are very invested in the second chance program and it's like a mm-hmm. almost like a savior complex type yeah. thing like they're just that enthusiastic because they start like overwhelming cat with like oh we have uh meditative goat yoga and like yeah. all this other stuff and they reminded me a lot of the actually nice people from church uh-huh. who like meant well but they were still like that you know yeah that's what they felt like. But it's like, you know, they're a nice person deep down. I yes. did like, there was a lot of goat stuff going on. And I really appreciated that. Because <laughs> like goats in the Bible or evil or whatever. Uh-huh. I thought that was interesting. I was a little worried. It's kind of unfortunate that uh, Shaban, who's like the leader of the, the girl group, like, uh, I was worried when, when she starts dead naming Raul because like... I couldn't tell if that was intentional or, like, an honest mistake. Or... I think it was supposed to be an honest mistake because the way she was like, I'm sorry, and, like, instantly corrected, and then it didn't get brought up again. Yeah. I feel like it had to have been, like, a she's known him her whole life and is, like, trying. Uh-huh. Because I really didn't get any malicious vibes from them. Yeah. That's also just, like, another, like, kind of unfortunate trope is just, like, if we don't say their dead name, how will you know? How will you know? Yeah, but that seemed realistic. Like, I feel like, especially in high school age, mm. that that would probably happen. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Siobhan also almost fucking dies. <laughs> the yeah. Because <beginning>. Cat <laughs> uh, has visions um, as part of, we find out that she is called a hell maiden. Which means she has a she has a connection to demons. Uh, she gets two of them. I don't think we ever get to meet the. Oh gosh, what's the nun's name? Oh gosh, I don't remember the nun's name. Hallie. We don't see is her that what demon. It is? Yeah, yeah. We don't see her demon. Yeah, we don't see Sister Helly's demon. Maybe it's just the because she. I don't know. She's like a demon hunter. Maybe her demon is mm-hmm. the dad. That'd be funny. <laughs> But yeah, she sees visions and saves Siobhan from getting hit by a brick that Raul accidentally knocks down from the, the roof of the school because he's doing a big art project, which is also very cool. It is really cool. That seems nice, too, because Siobhan? Siobhan? Yeah. She could have easily been like, you're trying to kill me. But she's just like, oh, gosh, what happened? You know, like, mm-hmm. shoot. I, I just love the way that was written. I mean, yeah. Give us more stories with a group of girls that's like kind of catty, but not like mean. <laughs> Too much. Like, yeah, it's it's nice. Yeah. The first part of this is just Kat kind of getting used to 
school like there's a uniform but she very quickly like makes it her own and she's walking down the, the so hallway cool. with her boom box um it's that so i think cool. she got from her dad right is that what mm-hmm. it was it was her dad's yeah the lady who dropped her off was like oh i found this by the way yeah it was real sweet mm-hmm I watched the the animation scene or like the the behind the scenes for that part where she's like walking down the hall and they were like, oh, my God, it was so fucking difficult because we had to like add this swagger to her step and also keep the camera moving. And it was just a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Stop motion seems so stressful. Mm-hmm. The uh, I can tell you what the most complicated shot was. It'd be kind of like jumping ahead of it. But um the part where they take uh, Beerzebub, the little demon plushie. Little bear, yeah. Yeah, where they're doing the ceremony in the graveyard and the like camera starts to spin around them. Um, that was the most complicated shot because they were like, they would essentially have to deconstruct and reconstruct parts of the background as they were turning the camera because usually you would just have like the bear set behind, like whatever oh. you're not seeing, right? Um, so they had to like do that in order to maneuver the camera. And then they also had the added like animation of the trees whipping back and forth and like all this other stuff. So it was just, it was a whole lot. It was a whole lot that they were doing. So much work goes into stop motion. I wish more people appreciated it. Mm -hmm. Uh, we also meet the priest who is the, the head of the school um, who's played by James Hong, who's one of my favorite voice actors. Like, anytime he's in something, it just makes me happy. What else is he in? Uh, he plays he plays the dad in uh, Kung Fu Panda. I've still never seen that. Uh, that movie keeps getting brought up to me. It's like mm-hmm. the third time in a month that somebody different has brought up Kung Fu Panda to me and been like, you haven't seen it? <laughs> he's just a, he's a very prolific, like, voice and character actor like he's been in so many things oh he's in mulan yeah he plays the um uh the 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 the, the little advisor guy to oh yeah okay okay yeah he's just he's everywhere he's just he's doing good That's stuff great. he was hilarious yeah his i think he recently let me let me make sure i think he recently got uh yeah, he recently got a star on the on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Nice. We find out he's kind of like a <laughs> he's not a very good priest. He's very focused <laughs> on on earthly possessions, and he yeah. wants uh, he wants that that money um, under the guise of like, oh no, we're doing all this stuff to help people. We're helping people. That's very classic the church. Because <laughs> he is besties with the Claxons, who we mentioned a little bit ago who I don't know what they do aside from the, <laughs> the trying to build private prisons, but the dad being straight up dressed like Trump. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. So deliberate and hilarious. No, they, they knew like, what they were doing for sure. Like, that's, that's great. That's so good. Mm-hmm. He's besties with them and they've been trying to unsuccessfully like, start this prison project of theirs in order to get more money. And he even hints that like, hey, I kept your guys a secret when you burned down the brewery. Like I didn't tell nobody. And they're like, oh yeah, I guess you are technically our only loose end. And they <laughs> they kill him. They like <laughs> him. Immediately, immediately. Man should not have brought and... it up. Nope. Nope. Wait, pause. What? Rewind. I knew it. Bruno Collet did the music again for the like the scoring of the movie. He did the um, Coraline soundtrack. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, sorry. Okay. <laughs> I had <laughs> no, it pulled okay. up still, and I, I was so focused on like how cool the like Afro punk was uh-huh. that I forgot that there were a few songs, like just like the instrumental pieces in the background, where I was like, "Hmm." Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, mm. they murder him. Yes, they murder him. We also meet Wendell and Wilde, our two demon brothers uh, who live on their father, <laughs> Buffalo <laughs> Belzer, who's uh, voiced by Ving Rhames, uh, who also is just in everything. Yeah, he is. I was looking him up. He's in everything. Mm-hmm. He plays a very large demon 
that has a, a hellish amusement park built around him. And we get to see lots of cool little ghosts and stuff. Uh, not so having cool. a great time in the amusement park. No, but I mean, at least it's <laughs> an amusement park. <laughs> yes, but their their job is to um, put hair in his scalp and bring it's the so hair to life with uh, special hair cream. It's so fun. That also gives them hallucinogenic visions and uh, informs them that they have a hell maiden in cat. They're just very silly. They're very They're so silly. silly. But they want their own amusement park. Yeah, they want they want to have a park of their own because their dad is very like overprotective. We find out later that like he thinks all of his children have ran away uh, when really they've been like captured and as a result he is like super duper overprotective because like one he is the king of hell and also like he genuinely does not want anything bad to happen to his sons. Yeah, he does care about them even though they live in his nose. <laughs> <laughs> it's so gross. It's really gross. Fun fact about Belzer, um, because he was such a, like, some of the puppets and, and animatronics that they had to do for him were so big. Um, he was essentially a 16-foot puppet that was mostly made out Ooh. of silicone. Uh, so he was, like, incredibly heavy, too. Yeah. And his hands alone, for some shots, were up to, like, six feet tall. What, how did they do anything with him? Uh, I would assume with, like, a lot of hydraulics and also just, like, you know, poles and... Like, that's the... that's the That was one of the interesting things about, like, uh, Guillermo del Toro's uh, Pinocchio is, like, they showed the scale of some of these puppets it's that they huge. used in order to, like, get specific shots and, like they can vary wildly. Like you can have tiny little guys and then you can have like absolutely giant beasts just like yeah. depending on what you needed it to do. So wild. I wish I could get into stop motion. I don't have steady enough hands though. Mm -hmm. It would be like that episode of Parks and Rec where uh, Ben <laughs> is depressed and he's like, could a depressed person do this? And then it's like, stand. And that's all he got. Uh -huh. And he's like, I've been working on that for two weeks. <laughs> That'd be me. <laughs> that's so, it's so good. I feel like there's so much, like I kind of, I also don't want to give away too much of the movie because I think it is like definitely worth yeah, I don't want to spoil this one. I like talking about it, but I'm like, I don't want to really spoil it. Yeah, I, I think we're good, like, avoiding the ending. But essentially, Kat grows a, like, skull on the back of her hand from coming into contact with demons. I don't know how that happened. How? With the bear. He well, Helly is like a is their is their science teacher. Sister yeah. Helly is their science teacher, and she has what is supposed to be like an octopus in a tank. Then it turns out to be a demon, and she's all like, "Go ahead and touch it." Like, why? Why yeah. do <laughs> why do that? It why make do any that? Sense. Maybe she was trying to see if, like, for sure she was a hell maiden. Maybe I guess. I don't, I don't know. I don't know either. The two brothers, like, discover that they can talk to Kat in her dreams, and they tell her, essentially, that, like, hey, if you help us get to the world of the living, we'll bring your parents back to life. Oh, my. Uh, fully not knowing how to do that until they realize that, like, the hair cream that they've been using on their dad also has the power to bring stuff back to life, but maybe not the way you were expecting. It seems to work fine on bugs, but if you give it to like more complicated stuff, uh, it's not so good. Yeah, not so great. Yeah. So yeah, the movie essentially becomes like, after Kat has made this deal with the Demon Brothers, uh, <laughs> trying to figure out a way to like, get out of that because she like swears allegiance to them uh, and they're not bad guys they're not they're not bad they're, they're not just, they're like kids almost like they're just excited and they're very they're like as neutral as i imagine any demon would be like yeah. they're just they're like i don't care mm -hmm. but they're also like well we did lie to this like teenager maybe yes. we should fix it i don't know they're they're not bad 
Like a lot of the characters in this movie are not bad, but not good, and I mm-hmm. love that. I love because that's how people are. Yeah. So like our th- those are our main like our main plot lines. It's just like there's that story, and then also like some of the I almost called them NPCs. I've been playing too <laughs> many too many Vigi games. Some of the other side characters like uh, Raul's mom trying to prove that like no the Claxons are very evil and like one they burn down the brewery and like two they're trying to convert our town into this system that like uh exploits uh people and gives them a fuck ton of money yeah and they're very the worst i like i i guess i don't know should we talk not like the super end at one point their daughter who is chiffon yeah she like turns on them and that's the best part I like that. I like that it's a lot. It's so good. We get silly skeleton animations, a silly, I guess, conservative skeletons. <laughs> oh, yeah, they are conservative skeletons. It's so funny. It's so um, funny. We get some of that going. We get Cat's parents do come back to life. Um, and so we get like some very good scenes between them and Cat. Um, although, like, probably. I felt like I wanted more, but I'm sure that's also just because, like, Cat would have wanted more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just real good, and... Yeah. Please watch this movie. We Please. purposely didn't spoil it. <laughs> so you can watch it. I know I'm gonna watch it again. Yeah. I watched it, and then I watched Coraline, and I fell asleep. And then I woke up, and I restarted Coraline, and I fell back asleep. <laughs> Because it's a comfort movie, so I tend to just fall asleep. But I'm definitely going to rewatch Wendell and Wild. I think it could become another comfort movie. Yeah, I think it's, like, I think the story alone is, like, very, like, the story and the themes are very beautiful. And I they think are. they're done so well and, like, so mindfully that, like, really it could be, it could be approached by, <laughs> I think I watched an interview where um, Jordan Peele was, like, I haven't watched it with my son yet, but we're going to this weekend, and his kids are like still kind of still little, uh, or they were during the time of that. So, like, I think that's cool. I think that's really cool, and it's just good. It's just good. It had kind of mixed receptions from people who I think were kind of expecting more fantastical elements and. Also, I don't know, you always get weirdos who are like, why is this so political and blah, blah, blah. I just love Jordan Peele being like, this is what I'm doing. And then he Mm -hmm. does it, and then he knocks out of the park every time. Yeah. So the movie currently has an 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. It should be higher. I'm kind of, I really hope that like... Now that the movie is done, I would love to see a fully an or no, that's not <laughs> not animated. We got that. I would love to see a fully illustrated like children's book of this. I think it would be really cool, like it done in that really cool. 2D style. Yeah, that'd be very cool. I need to. I think it deserves a higher Rotten Tomato score. Mm-hmm. It's very good. It's like I didn't have any complaints about it. Yeah, I never found myself like feeling the need to scroll tiktok or anything you know like i was just like yes Mm -hmm. and like like i get i got very emotional uh during the part where she is like literally confronting her trauma um it's just good it's good it's very good go watch it it's on netflix yeah i i really like it because cat essentially like embraces her past but is also determined to like take control of her own destiny I think that's cool because usually when you're dealing with like stories of drama, I always feel kind of weird when they're just like, ah, oh, forget about it, you know? Like, yeah. I think you got to move on in a healthy way, but like, I don't know. Sometimes I look back on my own stuff and I'm like, dang. <laughs> oh, I didn't cope with this correctly. Well, not, e- not even that. It's just like, I wouldn't be who I was if I hadn't learned to like heal from yeah. that correctly. That's true. That's a really good point. My my favorite thing about it is just like how that runs parallel with uh, Wendell and Wilde's like own desires for freedom and creativity. Like mm. they're really they're really they're they're two sides of the same coin. They really are, and they didn't want their amusement park. Well, 
I'm not going to spoil it. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to find out when you watch. They also don't know what money is. And like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. That part is funny. Um, I like the part where they think that their worm horse has eaten Raul. Like, there's just like all kinds of little funny bits throughout this movie that are really good. And you should watch it. Watch it. I think it's good. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm glad we're both like on the same page of like, I don't want to spoil too much. Like, Yeah, because I was like, man, I could talk about this movie. I could like go in full detail like we normally do. But then I'm like, I just want people to watch this. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Go watch it. <laughs> or else. Cat is also voiced by Lyric Ross, who um, was Riri Williams in the newest like uh, Black Panther movie. Oh. Yeah. That's really cool. And she's really good in that, too. Like, she really is. She's good. She's good. Uh, I'm excited for for Henry Selleck's next project, whatever Yeah, what's is. he working on? Please be working on something, Henry Selleck. You're so old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I also just want to, I also want to say Raul's uh, actor's name is Sam uh, Zelaya. Oh, yes. And then they're, uh, they're good. They're good. It's just all so good. It's so good. I gasped. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, is that a trans character? Yeah. Like, Hell yeah. Let's go. It's done really well. It's done so well. Have you been watching any other stuff? I know we've talked about like loosely some plans. Uh, we were both watching the Junji Ito show on <gasps> Yes, I need to watch more. I had to pause. There's an episode um, where these giant balloon head versions of I need to, themselves. I fell asleep during that one. I need to I rewatch had, it. I had to stop watching after that one for a bit. That one actually unsettled me. I don't know what it was about it, uh-huh. but I, I loved it. I loved it, but I had to like take a break and I haven't come back to it because I've been busy. Yes. But I say, okay, that's a total lie. I say I've been busy. I played Valorant <laughs> for six hours straight yesterday. That's, that's not. Okay. <laughs> I, I will say, if you were thinking about checking it out, like general content warnings for like body horror. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. And, and also, like, maybe don't go into it like expecting like stories with very tight ends. Like, a lot of these are left ambiguously on purpose mm. and kind of up to interpretation. I think it's, this is not related to one in a while, but I think it's very interesting how mainstream Jinji Ito got. Because his stuff is like bizarre mm. and it is very open ended and a lot of it is super hard to stomach. But like, There's his so popularity has too. skyrocketed. That's, that's like my main pride. Like, his, his works are so big like there's so many of them that i never know where to start but like this feels like a good like entry point because they're essentially like a bunch of short stories um yeah i have one of his big anthologies that has his version of frankenstein in it that you can borrow sometime yeah it's very it's very good i was there when oh yeah you were there when we got that my boyfriend got it for me it's so good i just i love jinji ito there's a there's gonna be a frankenstein movie with uh oscar isaacs and andrew garfield and uh, oh i sent you the tiktok earlier i wasn't sure if you had seen it i gotta watch it i have i opened tiktok and i saw all of my notifications and i said later (laughs) but it's one of the it's one of the projects that uh guillermo del toro was working on for netflix um they're going to do a Frankenstein with those two as the lead. And I think that'll probably be super good. I, I finished. I've been watching The Last of Us like everybody else. And I <laughs> finished the second game this past weekend. It's just there's a lot. There's a lot out there right now. Um, there is. There really is like so much coming out. I need to watch so much stuff. And I've been wanting to read um uh the other manga by the guy who made Chainsaw Man. But I forgot what it's called. It's like Fire Punch. Yeah, it's called Fire Punch. Apparently, it's. Oh, I've heard nuts. it's even like even more like. I've heard it's very heavy. <laughs> I think that's all I've got for Wendell and Wild. Me too. Go watch it. Yeah, I also, if if I may, I just want to put a little call to action out there. If you got if you got trans friends, uh, maybe just just show them a little extra love 
things are tough out there right now. Things are tough out there right now. I open Twitter. I close Twitter. That is, <laughs> I can't. There's a I lot of like really gross and upsetting stuff out there, and I know it can be like super isolating. So like, I'm sure they would super appreciate that. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, if if you are trans or gender non-conforming, like we got you. We got you. And remember, it's okay to step away. It's good to be an activist, but you can also give yourself brain time to not look at your phone. I have yeah. had to do that. You like. It's okay. It's mm. okay to take take a bath, drink some water, like breathe, because like doom scrolling is horrible. Yeah, uh, and thanks for listening. We appreciate you. We do. Uh, and we'll we'll see you in the next episode. Yes. Oh, speaking of next episode. Okay. We either. We'll be recording it very soon or very late, as my boyfriend is visiting in 10 days. Uh-huh. So hopefully before. We got to watch all of the Return of the Living Dead movies and... Yes. Also probably Megan again. We could do a big episode with him <laughs> also talking, but he's not very talkative, so you all just hear him like... Every two seconds. We can, <laughs> I want I want I want it to be recorded like normal, except every every like five minutes or so we hear like paper shuffling as he hands you a note to read out loud. <laughs> oh no, he wouldn't even do that. I I love when like like the the <laughs> unheard producer is like mentioned in shows, like that always cracks me up. It's just like we can we can get a little bit of that going. I feel like that would be great. He does love those movies, so yeah. Bye for real. Bye for real. Take care <laughs> of yourselves, please. Yes. Bye bye bye. You have been listening to Monster Masquerade. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to let us know somewhere on the internet and consider sharing the show with a friend. If you have a suggestion or topic you'd like to see us discuss, hop on over to our Patreon to unlock exclusive bonus content and do just that. And we'd super appreciate it if you could leave us a review on iTunes. It's the fastest way to help the show grow. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find podcasts.